number 14. Uh, if you were here this morning, we were there. We're going to be right back in here tonight. Amen. Uh, it's a very familiar passage of scripture. I don't think I'll preach too long tonight. Uh, I got less points than I did this morning, so uh, or less thoughts, really, I guess you could say, behind the points. So uh, you hang on with me as we go through here. Matthew chapter number 14. Matthew chapter number 14, beginning in verse number 22. And if you can stand, let's all stand uh, for the reading of God's word uh, very quickly here. Matthew chapter number 14. And beginning in verse number 22, once again, uh, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. Verse 26, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And, then, and Peter answered, and, answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And when he said, Come, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, uh, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Verse 32, and when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. In verse number 34, And when they were gone over, they came unto the land of uh, Gennesaret. Amen. I butchered that word. How do you say that, brother? Gennesaret. I can't even say it now. Gennesaret. Thank you. I had it and I lost it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. A little bit different. Amen. Verse number 34, And they came over. Unto the other side. That's the point where we're going to get to here in just a moment. Uh, let's pray and then we'll jump right into this. Some lessons we learn by stepping out of the boat. Some lessons we learn by stepping out of the boat. Let's, you can be seated. You can be seated. I won't keep you up. Amen. Uh, we'll get you up and down all night. Amen. Let's all stand. Let's all sit. Let's all stand. We call it Calvary Calisthenics. Amen. Amen. It's a new exercise program. We might start next week. No. Let's pray together and we'll jump right into God's word. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to gather around your word. Lord, I pray that you would help us tonight, Lord, as we pull some truths out from your word, Lord. I pray, God, that you give me the words to say. Lord, have me to say only what you won't say. God, I pray, Lord, that you would use me as your mouthpiece tonight. Lord, hide me behind the cross. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would be high and lifted up. I pray, Lord, that we would glean something from your word. Lord, help us tonight to be, have an open mind and an open, open heart, Lord, ready to receive instruction from your holy word. We love you. We thank you, Lord, for once again for allowing us to be here. We cannot wait to see how you're going to move in the remainder of the service. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. Some lessons we learn by stepping out of the boat. Like I said, we've already, we covered a lot this morning and we covered in detail a lot of different aspects of this story. Uh, 
but I want to take it a little bit of a different direction. I want to take it just a little bit of a different direction tonight, almost as, as, as a challenge, if you would, by the end of it, uh, you'll see where we're going here. Uh, but let me ask you a few questions to start us off. You know, how many of you in here tonight would like to have a closer relationship with Jesus Christ? Amen. That's wonderful. Just about every hand. Amen. That's wonderful. Some of you just haven't called up yet. But listen, let me ask you another question. But how many of you feel like you've stuck in a rut? If we're all honest, every one of us would raise our hands because we've been there. If we're not in one now, we get in one every now and then. And sometimes we got to get ourselves out. Sometimes it feels like we get stuck in this rut. Sometimes it feels like we, we want that closer relationship. We want that, that closeness with God. We want that closeness that we talked about uh, this morning as Peter beginning to sink, crying out and walked hand in hand over that storm, through that trouble, back into the boat with Jesus there and the other disciples. We want that closeness and we desire that closeness. But can I enlighten you on something? That God desires that closeness as well. God desires for you and I to have that closeness of fellowship, that unity with him, that walking with him, that fellowship with him. And that's, and that's where we're going to get there here in just a moment. So, so don't worry, you're not alone if you feel like you're stuck in a rut right now. You're not alone if you feel like I want that close relationship, but I feel like I just can't, I just can't gain traction. I, I just don't know what else to do. I, I just don't know where to go next. And, and I, dare say, I dare say tonight that many of us feel that way sometimes. You know, and, and people have, people will have dreams and we, we talk about these all the time, but people have dreams about ministries and how we want to expand those ministries, but then nothing ever comes forth. We have desires, we have all these ambitions and we'll look at a ministry like, oh man, we was talking just, just earlier in between services with Evan, we was talking about the, the, the growth there with the ministry, with the sound and the video and, and how amazing that is. And then the choir and just the different ministries that are growing. And sometimes, no doubt many of you have visions for ministries, maybe even for new ministries that we haven't even began to, to start here at Calvary, but, the, the, but God has laid a burden on your heart, but you're not sure where to go with it. You're not sure what to do with that burden. You're not sure what to do with what God has laid on your heart. How, how do you put a plan in action? How do you, how do you take a, a, a thought from God that he's impressed upon you, a ministry, uh, a burden in your heart? How do you take it from just that to the next level? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. And I want to help you. I want to help you, church, tonight. But first of all, before we start to move forward in our relationship with Jesus Christ, we must have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. It has to start with a relationship. But in order to move forward, you first must start, right? And we understand this. So listen, uh, if, you, if, you, if you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I, I implore you tonight, let tonight be the night that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross of Calvary. You see, uh, it was 11 years ago for me, uh, right over here at this little church. Uh, I say little church because it's about half the size of this one, amen. But I'll never forget the day when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. I was reminiscing uh, with, uh, with uh, uh, um, Timmy, with Timmy earlier. My, man, my brain's just not working with names, amen. Uh, but I was reminiscing a little bit earlier this evening with Timmy. We were talking a little bit and I, I got to share a little bit of my testimony with him and how, how my beginning began, amen. How I began to live. You say, well, Brother Brandon, you are already living. Yes, physically, but not spiritually. Spiritually, I was dead, separated from God. I wasn't quickened, as the Bible would say. I wasn't made alive until I got life through Jesus Christ. 
And likewise, you, you may think about the day when you got saved and what a glorious and a wonderful day that was. I mean, you think about all the burdens and the cares that you had and everything seemed to be melting away and you knew without a shadow of a doubt that you would have a home in heaven forever. And that's a glorious thought. And that's a wonderful thought. But that's the end, brother Mike. That's, that's where we spend eternity. We still got a journey to go. Young people, we still got a journey. Uh, hey, hey, uh, more mature saints, we still got a journey. Amen. Amen. We're not done yet. Listen, we have something along the way and, and God burdens us and he gives us visions and he gives us visions for the ministry of the church here. And he gives us a burden to, for the young people or a burden for the teenagers or, or, or a burden for the widows. He gives us these burdens and these things begin to birth in our hearts and our minds. But where do we go? How do we put these things in action? You say, God, I know God's impressed upon me to do this, but what do I do? How do I do it? We're going to help you here. All right. We're going to, we're going to jump right into this thing. Look at, look at your Bibles in verse number 22, beginning in verse number 22 again. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Number one, very plainly here, I want you to see that God has a plan for you. He has a plan for each of us. You say, Brother Brandon, I don't think so. I know so. God has a plan for you. You know why? Because listen, if salvation was it, then after we got saved, he'd have called us home. If he didn't have work for us to do here on earth, then he would have just called us home. So we're here for a reason. I was talking with my aunt just the other day who, who praise the Lord, has, has battled with cancer and has beaten cancer through the grace of God now. Uh, the, the doctors 11 years ago only gave her three to six months. 11 years ago. <laughs> don't tell me we don't serve a good God. I was talking with her just the other day and uh, began to reminisce and began to talk to her a little bit. And, and, and she says, oh, I love studying the book of Revelation. So we just got to talking a little bit. I, th I think I spent a little extra, a little too much time over there. And I was getting texts from my wife. Are you okay? Are you, is everything good? You know, and I, but I was, I was just enjoying the time that I had with my aunt who has battled cancer and has overcome cancer. And she'll tell you, it, it's got to be God. And, I, and we talked about it for a while. I said, listen, I said, God's keeping you around for a reason. She goes, well, I don't know what it is. I'm like, hey, I told her, I said, you stay in his word. He'll reveal it to you. Listen, God has a plan for each of us. He has a will for you to accomplish in your life. And it's going to be totally different from mine. Isn't that the beauty part of our God? Isn't that the wonderful part? That we all don't have to be like Brother Brandon and everybody should say amen. Too many brother, there's one, that's enough, amen. We don't need more. We got one Ricky, that's all we need, amen. We got one Donnie, that's all the, that's all the Lord created, amen. And everybody said amen. <laughs> I'm picking on Donnie. But isn't that wonderful how we are uniquely created and we're all created different and we're all created for a purpose. We just have to figure out what that purpose is. We have to figure out what God's will is in our life. I'll be the first to say, I, I, no doubt, I, I, as Brother David would tell us all the time, I'm sure I probably missed the first, second, third, and fourth will that God laid out for me because I was disobedient. I didn't obey him. I didn't get saved early enough. I didn't follow when he told me to go here. And there's no doubt, it, most of us can say that, that no doubt we may have failed God, but God still has a plan for you. <laughs> God still loves you and he has a plan, just like he did his disciples here. He constrained his disciples and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship 
They got in the ship. And to go before him to the other side, they went before him to the other side. You see, that was their will. That was, that was God's plan right then and there. And the disciples had just been involved in some intense situations. If you read backward, uh, if you read backward there throughout the ver- throughout chapter number 14 and the very beginning, you see the death, the death of John the Baptist and then the feeding of the 5,000. And we talked a little bit about that this morning of, of that ministry. And I went back and just read that ministry again. You know how Jesus was able to feed the multitudes, 5,000 men plus women and children, right? But here's the thing. He took the food, he blessed it, and he broke it, and he distributed to who? His disciples. And his disciples were running around like crazy. Imagine that. Here you go. All right, you got yours? Okay, here we go. 5,000. Here we go. Okay, over here. Over here, I mean, back and forth, back and forth, getting all this food distributed. But that didn't stop. It was an ongoing process. They ate until they were full. You second round? All right, here you go. Second round, here we go. All right, over here, we got you over here. Hey, you're getting the food out there. So these, these disciples were laboring. And then they had to go back and get all the fragments. <laughs> all right, you got a little bit left? All right, you got a little bit left? You got a little bit left? They gathered up all the fragments. Notice this, they were laboring. They were in the will of the Lord. And we talked about that this morning and how, how when they're in the will of the Lord, you're laboring, you're serving, and you're serving, and you're serving. And whenever you serve, you give someone a piece of your what? Your life. When you give somebody your time, you're giving them a part of your life. And I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Listen, sometimes, can I just be transparent? The ministry can be taxing. <laughs> It can be exhausting, if I could use that word, as you're laboring and you're laboring and you're laboring and you're, you're going and you're going and you're going. And each one of us has a small part to play within each ministry that we have. But it feels like, it, like Sunday mornings for me, they go by so fast. It's like I felt like we just got to the rest home at 8 o'clock in the morning and now we're here Sunday night. It's 6.50. I shouldn't have said the time. Amen. Now you know what time it is. and we're not going to be here that much longer. Amen. I'll get you out at a good time. But listen, so these men, these disciples were running everywhere. They were serving the Lord. They were serving the Lord. They were serving the Lord. And now's the time has come when Jesus gives them the next, the next plan, the next will, if you would. Jesus constrained his disciples and he says, all right, boys, ministry's over. We're done right here. I'm going to dismiss the multitudes. You get in the ship and go before me to the other side. And we see that the ministry can be taxing and, and it's good for them just to get away for a little bit. And we talked a little bit about that this morning, how, how no doubt they probably looked forward to it. Their feet were probably tired. I mean, they didn't have Nikes or they didn't have some Dr. Scholl inserts, amen, running around. I mean, you think about it. I mean, them boys was moving on them feet, just going here and going there, distributing the food and then collecting the food and then uh, ministering and helping Jesus. And now comes the rest, Right? Until they hit the storm. <laughs> but can I, tra- can I be transparent once again? The ministry at times is taxing and exhausting. And sometimes we run on adrenaline alone and coffee. And more coffee. And sometimes energy drinks. <laughs> Just one. Don't drink too many of those. Your heart starts beating too fast. It comes out your chest. When you feel your pulse in your neck, stop drinking energy drinks, all right? <laughs> PSA, as a a public service announcement to you young people, all right? Listen, uh, but sometimes we run on adrenaline alone. And on Sunday nights, I know preacher, and Sunday nights when I get home, you can ask my wife, I crash hard. 
because you've been giving and giving and giving and running and doing and doing. And that is wonderful. But I want you to follow me here. And sometimes, and our pastor says this, well, sometimes you need to come apart before you come apart. And that is so true. Sometimes if we're not careful, we'll get so caught up in the ministry and so, so busy and so wide open that we'll forget to rest for ourselves. And we can't be any good if we're exhausted going straight into day one. You're already tired and weird. So, okay, here we go. It's kind of like, it's kind of like some people when they punch in the clock on Monday morning and stayed up all night the night before. Amen. They're like just dragging in. It's like, oh, I'm already exhausted. It's eight o'clock in the morning. It's like, listen, it's eight o'clock in the morning. We just got here. Uh, I hate to tell you, but we got the whole day ahead of us, you know? But sometimes in the ministry, that's the way it feels. You've just been running and running and going and going and you just feel exhausted. You know, but the disciples here could have questioned the Lord when they asked him to go, when they asked them to go to the other side. They could have questioned. They could have said, well, can't we just, can't we just relax here? You know, do we even have to get on the boat? Because that's going to involve even just a little bit of work, right? But not much. But can't we just relax here? Can't we just stay? Can't we just stay with you? While, while, you would, while, while you dismissed the crowd and the multitudes away. But the response was to go get in the boat. They accomplished the will that was set for them. Verse 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and, and to go before him unto the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, follow with me now in verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he, Jesus, went up in the mountain apart to pray. And when the eve was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. So there they are. And here's the storm. They've been ministering and they've been toiling away. And now all of a sudden they thought the rest and relaxation was going to come. But the storm comes in. The issue arises, if you would. And even though they would encounter the storm that they didn't expect, it would be far better. Get this now. It would be far better for them to be in the will of God at this point than to be anywhere else. You say, Brother Brandon, they're going to go through the storm. Jesus knew the storm was coming. Yes, and Jesus sent them through the storm so they can learn some things. So God can show them some things. So Jesus could reveal himself. And listen, my friends, listen. Follow the Lord's will wherever it takes you. It may seem scary. More times than not, it is scary because it takes us out of our comfort zones. But listen, God has a plan even during the storm. He wants to teach us. He wants us to grow. He wants us to get something out of it. As the disciples, they were in the will of the Lord, and yet now they face this issue. And our, it would be great if our wills and our ammunition uh, should always be conformed to whatever God wants it to be. If we get us out of the way and say, Lord, it's not my will, it's your will. We talked a little bit with the teenagers not too long ago. I don't think, on a, I think it was a Tuesday night when we meet, uh, but we talked a little bit. And I, I talked, uh, it was either then or my Sunday school class, either way the teenagers got it. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I told them, I said, you know, you think about when you were growing up. Now you think about whenever you were younger in, in middle school, they would always tell you what? You got to choose a career program, right? What do you want to be? What do you want to be? What do you want to be? And that's what the world tells you. What do you want to do? Drake, what do you want to do? Uh, Brother Mike, what do you want to do? You want to be an astronaut? Okay. You want to be this? Be that. And, and, and don't get me wrong, setting goals is great, but not if he's in it. If he's not in it, we got a problem. If God's not in the goal that you set, we got a problem. We're going to need doctors. We're going to need nurses. We're going we're to need astronauts. Amen. We're going to need pilots. We're going to need all these things. But here's the thing. Make sure whatever you decide that you're in the will of God, that you're in God's will for your life, because you'll be far safer than anywhere else. 
We talked with Hannah and Tim, and I told, I told Tim right before they left, I said, brother, I said, we're going to miss you. I said, you, there's going to be a void at Calvary from you and Hannah and the little boys, amen? I said, there's going to be a void. I said, but nonetheless, you're doing God's will, and you'll be far safer in California than you will be avoiding God's will and staying right here in North Carolina, and there's no doubt about it. If God is calling you to a ministry, if God is calling you to do something, can I tell you this? Just obey. Give it to him and follow his way, follow his will, follow his way, not ours. I'll give you a story here. The, the off, uh, there was an officer in the Navy who had always dreamed of commanding a battleship. This was his dream. He wanted to command the biggest battleship. And finally, he achieved that dream. And the dream was given, uh, he was given commission of the newest and proudest ship in the fleet. Oh, it was the biggest battleship. And it was the newest, sleekest, got all the nice equipment, all the nice radar. It's got, it, it was everything. It was wonderful. It's exactly what he wanted. But one stormy night, as the ship plowed through the seas, the captain, uh, the captain was on duty and on the bridge and, and went, uh, went off to the, and he looked off to the port side and spotted a strange light rapidly closing in on his battleship. Get this now. Immediately he ordered the signal man to flash a message with that light, with his light and the message to the un unidentified craft, alter your course 10 degrees south. Only a moment had passed before the reply came back. Alter your course 10 degrees north. Determined that the ship would not take a back seat to no other captain, he snapped out the order to be sent. Alter your course 10 degrees. I am the captain. Authority, right? The response beamed back very quickly. Alter your course 10 degrees. I am seaman third class Jones. Hang on. Now infuriated, the captain grabbed the signal light and with his own hands he fired off, alter your course, I am a battleship. The signal that came back, alter your course, I am a lighthouse. <laughs> you see, he thought his will was best. He thought his way was best. Oh, he thought he had everything under control. But there was a lighthouse that he was trying to save. Hey, alter your course. Your way is going to cause destruction. Your way is going to cause death. Your way will cause despair and woe and tragedy. And a lot of times in churches, that's where we get. Amen. As Christians, we say, well, God, I want to do this. God, I want to do this. God, I want to do this. And God says, no, 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 no. I want you to do this. But I want to do this. No, 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 no. I want you to go here. But you don't understand. I would be more useful over here. You don't understand. I have bigger plans for you over here. Amen. Young people, too many times we wreck and ruin our own lives because we do what we want to do. Amen. When the whole time God is saying, I want you over here. I want to use you in this ministry. I want to use you to start this ministry. I want to use you to expand this ministry. I want to use you. But too many times we're going this way. We're pulling the opposite way. We're like, Lord, I'm a battleship. I know my abilities. I know what you've given unto me. I'm good. I can do all these things. I would be more beneficial over here. God says, no, 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 no. You go your way, you're going to cause destruction 
and woe. And here's the thing. A lot of times, if we go our way, we drag other people with us. It would be far better for us to follow the will of the Lord. The disciples got in the boat and they got in and went to the other side. Amen. Listen very quickly here. Proverbs chapter number three, verses five and six. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. How many ways? All thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. As, as God directs your path, he will lead you and he will remove any hindrances along the way. And also, can I say this? He will give you the ability to complete any task that he has set in front of you. You know, many times we see it all the way through scripture. Those that were, those that didn't have the ability, uh, but God gave them the ability to overcome the task, to proceed through, to overcome those that were set before them. And God will do the same for us, but we have to be willing. I said it earlier in the service, you have to be a willing vessel. And if you're willing to do whatever it is God laid out for you, the, uh, the, 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 amount of places that you'll go is unlimitless. And the amount of things that you can do for God is unlimitless. Why? Because you're yielded unto him. That's all he is seeking for tonight is someone who will be fully yielded unto him. Lord, whatever your will is, that's the way I want to go in my life. Don't try to settle for the easy way out because that's natural for us. As we learned about Lot, I want to go to Zoar. It's easy. I don't want the, I want to go over here in the plane still. But God had a mountain for him. Amen. Number two, very quickly here, look at verses 23 and 24 again. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. Number two, very quick, I want you to see this, that God sees everything you're going through. I want to remind you of this church that God sees everything that you're going through. Think about the scripture here if you would. Jesus and the disciples get through ministering to thousands of people. They get through pouring themselves out. Jesus now gives them direction. Get in the ship, go to the other side before me. And he sends the multitudes away. And now we see that the ship is in the midst of the sea, right? The ship there in verse number 20, in verse number 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves. They're in the Lord's will. And this storm has come up, causing issues. And where is Jesus? Where did he go? Help me out, church. Where did he go? Mountain to pray. He went up top. Mm. He went up high. No doubt he could see him. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder. I mean, you think about it. Look at the scripture again. Think about it with me, if you will. In verse, in verse number uh, 23, and he had sent the multitudes away. Jesus had sent the multitudes away. And Jesus, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the eve was come, and when the eve was come, he was there alone. But now we see, in verse 24, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. But Jesus, the whole time, had a good vantage point. Hey, church, can I remind you where Jesus is at tonight? Oh, he's seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father, and he's got a great vantage point. He, I, hey, I said he's got a great vantage point of your life tonight. 
You say, well, Brother, Brother Brandon, you don't understand the valleys and the issues I'm going through. Oh, I may not, but I know one who does, and he's seated on the throne, and he knows exactly what you're going through, and he knows exactly what you need. Right. Hang on with me. Here you go. Uh, in Isaiah in Isaiah chapter number 65, verse 24, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. So we know that God has a plan for you and, and that's a good thing and a great thing. And, and we also know that God sees everything that you're going through. Now I want you to see this, that God's help is always on time. Look at verse 26. And when the disciples saw him, well, let's back up to verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, and we said this morning, that's between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And in the fourth watch of the night, uh, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and cried out for fear. But listen to verse number 27. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. I thought to myself in reading the scriptures, I wonder exactly how long Jesus stood up on the mountain and waited as they were toiling and as they were rowing. And as they're going through, trying to accomplish the will that he has set out for them. Brother Mike, I wonder exactly what that time frame was. You know, the exact, I mean, I'm talking down to the minute. We'll know one day, amen. We may, we may get to go back and see this on a glorified DVD player, amen, or a DVR player. That's what it got now. I, I can say that, amen. I grew up with VHSs. Some of you are like, what? Amen. But listen, think about it. Down to the time frame, I wonder I wonder if the Lord was just seated up there watching them toil and row, trying to accomplish the will that he set out for them to see if they would try to continue on even in the midst of the storm or to see if they would just come on back. Kind of makes you wonder sometimes about us. When God gives us a commandment to go, to tell, to preach, to teach, to evangelize, to start a ministry, and he may just be sitting there watching us as storms come up and as obstacles come in our way and to seeing if we're really in it for him. Because you see, it'll, it'll be a telltale sign if we're really doing it for God or if we're doing it for ourselves. Amen? It's, you can tell real quick uh, how quick somebody gets burned out when they do it for themselves. <laughs> Because it won't take long. Listen, if you're doing a ministry now and you're doing everything in your own strength and, and I, 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 let me tell you something, it ain't gonna last long. If you come into church just for you, if you come into church for a pastor, if you come into church just for somebody in the church, it ain't gonna last long. Amen. Let's be real tonight, church. Hey, hey, if you're doing something that's not for God, but you're doing it for a different reason, God already knows. He knows our hearts, and He knows the intent thereof. And it will not last. But if you do it for Him, you'll persevere because he'll give you the grace and the ability to keep moving forward. Notice what we see here. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Help was on the way. Help was right around the corner. And his help is always on time. And, and I, want you to, I, I want you to ask yourself this question. And sometimes we ask God this question. Uh, why does God sometimes delay? And why did Jesus take so long to get to his disciples? Have you ever wondered that and began to think about things in our life? And the answer is, if, if God delays, well, can I tell you, he's got a good reason for it. 
He has a good reason for it. We may not understand his delay to our, our prayers. We may not understand his delay of why he's not inter- inter- interceding and, and helping us out in our storms. We may never understand, but understand this, that God does have a plan for us. And it's perfect. Because during the trying of our lives, during these troublesome times, during the trying, trying some times of our lives, he is molding us. And he's getting us prepared for the answers that we've been praying about. Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For your thoughts are not my thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. Very quickly here, we're going to jump down and look at verse number uh, 28 and 29 with me, if you would. Jesus comes to the, to the disciples there, and, and but straightway he spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou bid me to come to thee on the water. And verse 29, and, and he said, come. Jesus said, just come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Verse, and the point number four here very quickly, God's purpose is always for our growth. When we go through trying times, it is a growing time. It is a growing time. God doesn't give us a test with all the answers. I've never once received a test with all the answers, amen? If you have, you got a great teacher. (laughs) But never once, all throughout my years of school, when I made it through all 13, some of y'all catch that tomorrow, amen? I didn't fail, amen? Praise the Lord, I had a a beautiful wife, girlfriend at the time who helped me, amen? I had a good helpmate all the way through school. But I've never once received a test that had all the answers. And God's never gonna give us a test that has all the answers. It'll be a trying time, it'll be a hard time, but it will be a molding time. It will be a time for him to take us and to mold us into what he wants us to be to accomplish the task that he has set out for us. It will be a molding time. The psalmist said it this way in, one, in Psalm 131, verse number two, surely, surely I have behaved, behaved and quietened myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Listen, we all have storms that come in our life and they will have a purpose for our growth. God wanted Peter to step out of the security of the ship and to just trust him. To just trust him. Why? Because he is the only one out there in the midst of the sea, minus the disciples in the ship. He said, just step out. He said, come. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And Peter stepped out of the boat. How many of us try to hold on to things from the past that slow us down from serving the Lord? Anchors, if you would, as we're trying to sail and do God's will, but yet we have anchors behind us. And sometimes God allows us to go through things so that he can move us, get this now, to the next level. He is molding us for the next, for the, for the next will, for the next call, for the next ambition, for the next place that he is going to put us at. He is molding us and making us through every trial, through every temptation, through every dark valley. He is slowly but surely molding us and growing us for the next level that he has laid out for us. The next plan, if you would. And I believe that's what God is doing today in many of our lives. He is taking us and molding us 
But you have to be willing to move forward in his will, facing those obstacles, facing those trials, and allow him to take away everything that doesn't need to be there until he's made you ready for that next level. How many of you here tonight, I want to ask you a few questions, and we're almost done. I got one more point, and we're done. We're done. Home stretch. Amen? How many of you here, how many of you in here tonight want to do something for God? Amen. How many of you here tonight want to move forward with God's will for your life? How many of you are scared to death? I'll be the first to raise my hands because it's scary not knowing what the next step will hold. Not knowing if he's going to call us away. Not knowing what the future holds for each of us. It's scary. And it's okay sometimes to be afraid. But I want you to follow the steps of Peter. He's in the midst of the storm. They were afraid. And they see Jesus walking on the water. And he says, Lord, hey, Lord, if that's you, if your will would be for me to come to you, Lord, bid me to come. Jesus says, come. I couldn't imagine that first step. How scary it is. How terrifying, how worried. Am I going to make it? Storm's pretty big. I see Jesus though. He told me to come. He told me this way. He's showing me this way. Here I go, fellas. He stepped down out of the boat. We said it this morning. That's a humbling down. Stepping down. That's humbling ourselves unto God's will. Not ours. Their will, the disciples' will, no doubt, was to go where? To the other side. That's where God told them to go. That's where Jesus said, get in the boat and go to the other side before me. That's where I want you to go. And they're like, yes, sir, this is the task at hand. This is the way I want to go. And all of a sudden, this storm comes in their life. And then all these things, the tempest begins to blow the boat. And the wind's contrary. And now they're struggling. And now they're rowing. And now they're rowing. And then Jesus shows up right on time as they're trying to accomplish their will. And then Jesus gives Peter a little sidetrack. God, if, hey, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. You see, he desired more. He desired more. He was going. That was the task at hand. But then he seen Jesus. and He desired more. Bid me to come. You got to step out of the boat. And it's going to be scary. God has something big for each one of you. The potential in this room tonight is unbelievable. The potential seated in these chairs tonight is unmeasurable of what God can do in your life. But you got to take that step. You got to be willing to go. You got to be willing to say, God, not my will, but your will. God, I don't know what you have planned for me, and I'm scared to death. I want to serve you with everything that I have. God, but I'm scared. Can I tell you, if you'll take that first step, you take that first step, he'll help you with the next. You know why? Because you're stepping out in faith. That's what Peter did. Peter stepped out in faith. Tonight, you got a burden in your heart. 
You got God's plan and everyone's different. And that's, I love it. I love it. We're all uniquely made for God's purpose and his plan. We're not all the same. We may cross paths along the way and encourage each other along the way, but God has a different plan for each of us tonight. But you got to be willing to step out of the boat. It's great coming here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, Tuesday with the youth. It's wonderful being here. It's wonderful being faithful to God's house and getting something from the Lord. But what are we doing with it? What are we doing with it? Are we just sitting idle? Are we just sitting idle whenever God has big plans for us? Are we willing to take that first step in faith? And tonight say, God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, God, if you'll help me, I'll go. God, I can't do it in my own strength. God, I'm scared to death to take that first step of faith. I'm scared to death tonight to take that first step. But he's faithful. And if we'll take that first step in faith, oh, we tonight, this group of people here tonight can change the world. We can change the world, but we got to be willing to step out in faith. You got to be willing to take that first step. Abel, if you'll make your way to the piano, I'm going to finish on this last point. God's word never fails. We'll read it one more time. Here we go. Follow along with me. And uh, verse number 32. And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying of a truth, thou art the son of God. Verse number 34, and when they were gone over, the will was accomplished. The task was accomplished. Was there a speed bump along the way? Absolutely. Was there toiling along the way? Absolutely. But they made it to the other side. They made it to where God wanted them to go. And if you tonight will be willing to step out in faith, Abel, if you'll start playing softly, that'd be wonderful. If you tonight will step out in faith and say, God, here am I. Send me. I will go. He said, Brother Brandon, I don't know what I'm saying. Listen, just be obedient unto God. Give your everything unto Him. You see, because God loved you and I so much so that He was willing to give His only begotten Son to die on a cross for us. That's the least we can do. That's the least we can do has saved people in here tonight to give ourselves back unto Him and say, God, here am I. Use me however you want to use me. Send me wherever you want to send me. God, here am I. Here am I. It's going to be scary. There's no doubt about it. The disciples were afraid. Times in our life in the ministry, it is scary. But can I tell you, Jesus will never fail you. Jesus will never let you fall when you're in his will and in his way. 
with their head bowed and their eyes closed tonight. I don't know who I was talking to tonight. It may have been just for me tonight. Who is it tonight that you're tired of just sitting idle? You're tired of just warming a chair at a church, but you want to do more. You want to do more for God. You just don't know where to begin. Can I tell you, yield yourself unto Him? That'll be a great place to start tonight. Abel's going to sing a song during this invitation. Jesus never fails. And I want to I want to encourage you tonight. Why Abel's singing this song that Jesus never fails. Who is it tonight that's willing to take that first step in faith and say, God, use me. God, take my life. I have nothing to offer but myself, but it is yours because you have been so good to me. It's the least I can do. Let's stand our head bowed, our eyes closed. So many souls Oh yes. Throughout the course of time. Who's willing to make that move tonight? And he still reach out to him with broken hearts and mind. And every one of them will say without exception that they find. Listen, if you take that step, Jesus will never fail you. Even in the days of old. He brought his people through, and then he came to show his love, and he died for me and you, and then he rose again to prove that every story has been true, Jesus never fails, and I know Jesus never fails. You'll trust him tonight. Oh, if we had a group of young people in here tonight that would just trust the Lord. Oh, it's no telling what God would do with you tonight. Oh, would you trust him tonight?